You're tuned in to the Waves Podcast with Wireless Nerd, where we'll explore what's new, what's now, and what's next in the wireless industry. All right, no time like the present. Let's go ahead and get started and see uh, see if I have everything configured the way it's supposed to be. I'm going to go ahead and click this to enable me on Instagram as well. Let's see how well that goes over. Sometimes it works pretty well, and sometimes it does not work well at all. You know, it's, uh, let's see, here's my mic. If I'm going this way, Instagram puts me in this weird frame over here. So I guess it's only going to be half of my face today. But, you know... I don't know. I wish there was a way to move it around a little bit. And I think that that would be, that'd be pretty cool. So we're going to go ahead and click that button, go live on Instagram, see what happens over here. Uh, look, it says I'm going live waves with wireless nerd. Fantastic. Drew in the morning. Wireless nerd is live. Oh, Hey, I'm a nerd. What's up? Anyway, good afternoon, everyone. I hope you had a happy new year. I took the week off last week, unannounced, you know, first year podcasting and doing all this stuff. So just, you know, bear with it, I guess. It was a, what a week, man. Holidays were nuts. The whole holiday season has been pretty incredible. Lots of things going on, family and friends and people and, you know, too much of this and not enough of that and not enough sleep. And, you know, it's been a, it's been a hectic couple of weeks. Either way, now it is January 4th. Things are still starting to get back to some semblance of normal. Got a lot of work done this morning. Saw a bunch of stuff coming across uh, from the from the work side. But I thought, what better day than today to make sure that I get Waves with Wireless Nerd done for you all, my loyal listeners, uh, all 17 of you, or however many it is today. Um, the first big milestone for me, fantastic. I appreciate it. The last podcast had 100 downloads, so super excited about that. I appreciate it. Don't know who you are, but, uh, but I'm glad that you are uh, listening to it. Hopefully, it's imparting some... Some different perspective on what you do. Don't know if there's any wisdom in there or not, but at least it's giving you uh, something you may not have heard about. And and that was fascinating to me, that, that whole concept of something that you hadn't heard about. I was watching a video with my son. I'm a big fan of Mr. Beast, first of all, so love Mr. Beast. And one of the things that he was talking about was he has a whole group of people who go out and find things that he has never heard about to keep his information diet full. And and I hope that at least, you know, I try and mention little things here and there. They're just random and odd because the stuff that you don't know about can inspire you in so many different ways. So hopefully you hear something that might inspire you here on our trusty little our trusty little program. Speaking of our program, I do want to uh, want you to take note. Next week is going to be a little bit different. It's going to be a lot of fun, but a little different. What we're going to do is we're going to be broadcasting live from CES. So I get out there on Monday. I'll be out there Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then Friday. And at CES, we're going to try and do this live broadcast, not just for Waves, but we're working with Unplugged Connectivity, which is a, a channel specifically about wireless. And it's done by, by, uh, by a bunch of different employees from Cisco, and they got together and put this thing out there. And we've decided to team up and we're going to go live. Since I'm going to be at CES, I'm going to look for different things in the way that they impact the wireless industry. They sent me some really cool microphones. So I'll hopefully be able to get some interviews with some people. I've got a couple of friends that have already said that they want to stop by and do a quick interview. So that's going to be neat. So next week, we're going to make the announcement. 
It's probably going to be on the 11th. We were going to do it uh, at 10 in the morning on the 10th. The problem is that's only the first day of the show. So I'm not really sure how much I'm going to see. So I might go live then, but I'll probably also or only go live uh, on the 11th, which will be a week from today. And hopefully I'll have seen enough of the show to to understand really what's happening. Lots of really great things I'm interested in seeing at CES. I know, you know, the announcement, there hasn't been a Windows 12 announcement, but there's a lot of talk about what Windows is is doing and uh, with AI and how the chipset manufacturers are getting behind them. And the whole thing is revolving around processing of AI on the machine itself. And so I know that there's going to be this whole AI thing happening at CES. I'm not really sure which direction it's going to be coming from. NVIDIA is talking about some new chipsets that they're going to release, uh, that there's rumored to be releases out there. Lots of phone, you know, stuff that's happening out there. So I'm curious to see how the AI, what the AI message coming out of CES is going to be. Obviously there's going to be some cool TVs and some dishwashers and everything else. And if you're going to CES or if you've never been to CES, or if this is your first year going to CES. What I would say is one of my favorite parts of the entire show isn't at the Vegas Convention Center. It's actually at the Sands Convention Center at the Venetian. It's basically the basement. And if you've ever been there for for any you know any event, AWS was just there, and HP has their Discover event there, and there's all these events that happen there at the Venetian. I think you know Cisco does some stuff there as well. If you go, if you know where the meals are, where the cafeteria normally is on that first floor down like in the basement of the Venetian, that is the one of the most incredible places in all of CES. What they do there is it's all the countries that have sponsored their pavilions and brought a whole bunch of entrepreneurs over to talk about their products and put them in place, and you get to see stuff that that is. The, the is of the utmost you know forefront of technology and that's basically happening on one side on the other side it's all the people that want to go to CES to make the connections but i'm assuming the booths are less expensive there because it's all the really 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 early startups and so it's real it's a really fun place to go if you're trying to look for something that's new or innovative or something that's going to spark some creativity that is a really good place to go. It's one of my favorite places to go. I had ignored it for a couple of years. And then my business partner came up. He goes, Drew, you got to go check this out, man. And we went down there and it was insane. So if you're going to CES or if, you've, or if you're looking for an excuse to go, that bottom floor of the Venetian, uh, it is awesome. It is totally, totally awesome. You get all the big stuff at the convention center, you know, the cars. And I don't know what's happening there. They've been talking about flying cars and flying taxis for a couple of years. And I think we're just starting to see some of that come out. But I'm really keen on on understanding what's happening in the wireless world, especially since so much of the connectivity that's providing access to all these consumer electronics is going to be based on wireless. So that's what I'm going to be doing out at CES. We're going to go live. Uh, Waves with Wireless Nerd and Unplugged Connectivity, those two podcasts coming together for one. It's going to be really, really cool. I can't wait to do that. Uh, it's going to be the, the first uh, cross promo, if you will. So I'm really excited. Anyway, so on to a couple of different things that are happening new now and next. Uh, I'm not going to use an excuse that was a holidays, but it was a holiday. So I'm not really sure what all was happening. A couple of things that, that popped into my head that I thought were, were pretty interesting is number one on LinkedIn, lots of moves, seeing lots of moves in the industry. And I think, you know, what happens, you notice that your network gets updated pretty frequently, but it seems like we're in a season right now, a season of change. And there's a couple of things happening. One of the ones that take note that I looked at, and I'm not saying this has anything to do with anything is I 
I saw a couple of key people from Cambium Networks leaving and moving to other locations. And I thought that that was interesting. I also saw some people coming over to Cisco who hadn't been there in a while. Uh, you know, it's been really interesting to watch who's bouncing around from place to place. There were some, you know, and again, it's all in your bubble, right? It's who you've worked with or who you've worked for, but definitely cool to see some, some changes happening. Uh, I'm celebrating my one year anniversary with the new organization. So that's pretty cool. It's been a, a fun year, but I love seeing where people are going on LinkedIn, especially people that I know, because that opens up opportunity for everyone and not just like job opportunity, right? But opportunity where you get to help them, or maybe they get to help you and finding new things to uncover, to help, you know, make sure that all of us are continuing to grow in our careers. So people moving around the industry was number one. That's that I flagged that as new. Number two, I thought this was pretty cool. I'm using a Canon G seven X here that I'm trying to dial in with the, with the focus, but it works pretty well. And I've noticed there was a news article that came out about camera companies who are looking to fight the rise of AI gen- generated images by embedding digital uh, fingerprints and digital signatures into their photos. And so this was a really cool article talking about how Nikon, for instance, plans to start offering mirrorless cameras with authentication technology built in for photojournalists and other professional photographers. The technology is going to include tamper-resistant digital signatures that have the date, the timestamp, when the photo was taken, where the photo was taken, and who the photographer was. So a really cool way to, to check the authenticity of digital imagery. And that is just like... There's a whole other podcast I do with my wife where we talk about what's going on in the world and being a parent and fake news and, you know, what is fake and how much of it's generated and being able to make sure that the imagery that you're seeing is authentic imagery. It's not AI generated, I think is going to be something that's coming up in the future. So I'm interested to see if any of that is going to be talked about this year at CES, but I think it's a step in the right direction. And this says a group of news organizations, camera makers and technology companies have joined together to create a web tool called verify for checking the authenticity of images for free. If the image has a digital signature, the site will display the date, location, and other credentials for the image. So I think that that's, that's pretty cool. So again, that's also in the news section. And this one's kind of tongue-in-cheek. Uh, in the news section, a new access point was introduced uh, yesterday or day before I saw that it popped up on my news feed. Ubiquity has introduced a brand new Wi-Fi 5 access point. You heard me correctly. They introduced a new Wi-Fi 5 access point, which is fantastic considering that seven just started getting a ratification. So I'm not sure what the play is there. Maybe they had some old chips they're trying to get rid of, but they've introduced a new, a new AP, uh, based on technology from three years ago. So, <laughs> so never, never, uh, never take a chance to stop and reread something. Uh, we'll see where that goes. It's IP 67 rated for indoor or outdoor use, which is kind of cool. It can be used with either one, but, uh, don't understand the move with Wi-Fi five. Would love to see a comment on why Wi-Fi five was chosen for this new AP announcement. And the other thing, it was called it's called the Swiss Army Knife Access Point or something like that. Isn't there I'm wondering if there's like a trademark infringement or is there something that like can you call something a Swiss Army knife? Like can that be the actual product name? Anyway, uh it's a little bit early for April Fools, but I definitely that had some strong April Fools vibes around it. Wi-Fi 5 in 2024 called the swiss army knife well okay well, i guess i guess that works anyway so those, that's what i have for new what's going on now um have you <laughs> have you seen the neighbor this is what this is my note to myself at three o'clock in the morning have you seen the video of the neighbor who's asking for the wi-fi password saying that the neighbor was being unreasonable when they broadcast outside of their walls i thought that this was such a cool video and i'll, I'll put it up on my instagram on the wireless nerd instagram it's just it's 
it seems like it's a joke and you and i just i watched it for far too long i don't think i got all the way to the end before i was just you know face palming so hard but essentially this neighbor goes over and is having a, a conversation with his with his younger neighbor over their you know ring doorbell or whatever it is and he's saying hey you put a password on your wi-fi and you know i think you're being unreasonable once your wi-fi leaves your walls it's it's property of the public so don't lock it down you know it's it's outside it's for public consumption and the person was trying to explain no it's still my still my wi-fi i broadcast it and the guy says well then just lock your doors tighter and make sure that your wi-fi doesn't leave your windows because as soon as it gets outside then it's in the public domain and you know and you should you should give me your password because i've been using it for so many years and it's a phenomenal video but (laughs) again from the idea of different perspectives on things There's some, like, I feel like there's something there and I don't know what it is, but I feel like there's something there about once you broadcast outside of your walls, then, then is it, is it public? I mean, (laughs) it sounds so dumb to even question it, but I think that that's the part to me that I think is fascinating. It's like this person's like really, really was adamant about the fact that once your signal leaves your four walls or your physical area, then it's, it's in the public domain, password protected or not password protected. And man, it really got me thinking about, about where you're broadcasting, how you're broadcasting. You know, I, I have a box sitting behind me on the floor that's been sitting there for for a really long time and it's a it's a cybersecurity analysis tool for wireless networks and I know I know I like they sent it and I haven't set it up yet um and it makes me think about what the future is going to be for people that are attacking wireless networks. And the example that they use is that what they, what they, you know, it's like, it's like when you had the war and everyone's running toward each other with bayonets on the end of their rifles and they're going to, you know, they're getting ready to fight. And then all of a sudden this airplane flies overhead and drops bombs. And that's, you know, everyone's looking at the person in front of them. Everyone's looking at the attack that they see. What they're not looking at is the attacks that they don't see and how much security is happening where you're protecting what you don't see. And there's a great class coming up. Uh, there's a Flipper Zero cal- uh, class coming up at WLPC. And Flipper's been running advertisements all over the place, which has been really interesting. I had a, a friend of mine send me a message last night saying, hey, have you ever heard of this? It's so fascinating that Flipper is mass marketing this. But at the same time, you've got senators and congresspeople who are like, we need to shut this down because of the amount of attacks that you can do with this tool. It's it's really scary. And if you look at how that's proliferating, you know, the security industry, I'm, I'm interested to see what DEF CON is going to look like this year and the amount of wireless security vulnerabilities and wireless security attacks that take place. Because if you if you think about every traditional organization, IT organization, whatever it is, they're not necessarily looking at what's happening in the air. They're looking at what they think is happening. So yeah, you get spectrum analyzers, go oh, two gig, five gig, six gig, no big deal. But what about the person who's out there just blanket, you know, carpet bombing the the wireless space, if you will? I did this demo at a at a B sides conference here locally where I did what's referred to as RF painting or spectrum painting. And if you haven't done that, it's really fun. You take a hack RF and you do some stuff to it and you make it. You you know, draw a design in the spectrum. It's pretty neat. Uh, I, I, I took like some dictator photo and put it on there because it just looked, you know, menacing. But what happens when people are coloring outside the lines and doing things that they're not supposed to be doing? I mean, that's like an attack, right? It's, they're not attacking where you think they're going to attack. This is the whole, you know, you wear a suit of armor to make sure when the person attacks you, they don't, you know, they don't knife you in the chest. But what happens when they, you know, chop your legs out from underneath you? You know, it's, we're, as an industry, wireless 
needs to do more to really spread uh, and evangelize about what can be done from the wireless perspective and how if all you're doing is you're monitoring ports and you're monitoring network you know, uh, resources and everything else, so that's good. That's good. Don't get me wrong. But what are you doing to protect yourself from wireless attacks? Hang on. Let me show you something. Because this box, look, let me show you. I mean, might as well, right? This is the New Year's special. <laughs> All right, let me see what I got here. This is a this is a pretty fun box. Let's see. This episode of Waves by Wireless Nerd is brought to you by WiFiStand.com. At WiFiStand.com, not only can you find our world-renowned access point mounting bracket used for temporary deployments, site surveys, surveys and kits, setting something up temporarily using your own hardware at sporting events or concerts, WiFiStand.com has our brackets as well as our mounting options. We've got antennas. We've got survey tools. We have software. We have everything you need in your day-to-day activities as a Wi-Fi engineer. Visit us online, WiFiStand.com. So there's all these little sensors, right? You, you place these sensors all over the place and they're, they're basically, all they are are listeners, all they are ears and eyes and they all call back across your network. They all communicate with each other and they mesh with each other and they call back into each other to make sure that they can hear what's going on and they report what's going on in the RF spectrum. I got like a whole, a whole box of these. Look at this. Look at this. There's like 10 of them. I think they sent me like 10 of them. Anyway, so take all these sensors and you deploy them everywhere. And then once you deploy them, you, you make sure that they can all uh, hear each other and then they report back and they, they run the entire gamut of the spectrum, right? So, you know, if someone's trying to attack a, a door system or they're trying to attack Wi-Fi, and the thing that they like to talk about is that what you do, and I keep saying they, cause I honestly, I forgot their name. <laughs> That's how long I've had that box and I'm going to look them up right now and they just face palmed real hard, but I'm going to find it out and I'm going to share it with you. Uh, <laughs> it's more fun if I forget the name, I guess. So bad at this, man. Uh, this is why people don't send me all the free stuff, right? You need to send a big sign that says what it is. But uh, unfortunately, when they send those those uh, sample units, there was no label on them that I was looking for. But basically, uh, before I look it up, let me keep explaining it. Basically, what they do is they talk about how if you know, you know, if you get on Shodan, which there's an API, to, there's a CLI for Shodan, I learned this week. I had no idea. Anyway, you get on Shodan and you find some vulnerability in a printer, for example, and that printer sits across the street from a bank. And what you do is you find out that if you can get into that printer because it's on Shodan, you come in through the back door and that printer has a wireless chipset, then you can use the wireless chipset in the printer to attack the bank across the street over over wireless. Instead of going into the bank and attacking from the network side, you do it from across the street. And so the same, you know, if you get on Shodan, and if you don't know what Shodan is, congratulations, you just learned something that's going to, you know, take care of you for the next couple of hours while you look up your city's, uh, you know, facilities and everything that are out there. Um, Shodan gives you the ability to find vulnerabilities of things that are, that are not vulnerabilities, but they show devices that are, pu- that can, that are connected to the public internet. So think about IoT devices that are publicly connected, that aren't firewalled, that aren't blocked. And Shazam, now you have access to all these different devices and you can find out which ones are listed and compare them to lists of vulnerabilities to see what's going on. And this is this is a huge thing because it gives you the ability to understand what's happening in the IoT world and then how do you leverage that to use that as an attack against something that you're trying to break into, right? And we need to understand this because if this is happening, we need to know how to protect this. And if you're not looking at the airwaves 
outside of 2.4 or 5 gig or 6 gig or 900 megahertz, if you're not looking wider, then maybe you're not seeing everything that's happening. So give me a second. Let me dig up the name of the, uh, of the security company. Oh, where is it? Securing the air, blah, 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 blah. I got to find it. I got to find it. Man, I feel so bad. If you're listening and you know me and you know what the company is, man, please save me from, uh, save me from myself sitting here getting into trouble with people that are, that are super nice. Let's see. Nope. Nope. Not list. Nope. Hasn't listed yet. Oh my goodness. It's called, is it air I? I think it's air I. I didn't want to mess it up, but I'm pretty sure it's air I. Hold on. Yes, I was right. It is AIRI. Okay, good, good, good. So check out AIRI, A-I-R-E-Y-E. This is pretty interesting, man. Um, those were some early devices of AIRI. And if you look up AIRI on the internet, there's a really cool video that basically describes exactly what I was talking about. This is uh, There's some great people that have gone over here. I see I'm, I'm clicking on their LinkedIn to see who's following them. Francois is following them. Shane, anything Francois follows, shout out to, uh, shout out to Francois. Uh, if Francois is following them, you know that you're already behind the, the times if you follow after Francois. If you find a company that you're following that Francois is not following, uh, dude, like you're doing good. <laughs> a little bit of love there for, for my buddies over uh, on the other podcast, the Clear to Sin podcast, by the way. So I'm trying to see who who all is over here. It's, you know, people you may know. There's some, uh, I, I can't remember. God, you're going to kill me, right? I can't remember who it was that went over there, but there was someone that I knew in the industry that moved over here. And I was like, man, if that person's making that move, then it's going to be pretty good. Anyway, as I ramble, feel free to, uh, to go uh, check them out. LinkedIn.com slash company slash A-I-A-I-R-E-Y-E or look them up online, tech, And you can find out more about this information, uh, more information about this product. I think it's, it's really, really cool. Cool. But again, that started with me looking at this video of a neighbor saying, hey, man, you know, you're being unreasonable. Share your Wi-Fi. It, it just these are the types of reasons that I go to CES and I go to you know NRF and I go to all these different shows is to to find something that sparks a fascination. And I hope that for the new year, you all find things that spark fascination, such as the drug cartels in uh, in Michoacan. Did you guys hear about this? The drug cartels have set up their own Wi-Fi service and they have enforcers going in around the town to get people to sign up to their wireless ISP. And that's how they're making money. Roughly 5,000 people have been forced to pay ex, uh, uh, exorbitant fees by a drug cartel to use their makeshift internet service. And then what they were doing is they were going and knocking down towers from like Telmex and all these other places. So they were taking down any any of the incumbents and making it so you could only use their wireless service in Michoacan. So that was, uh, that was pretty interesting. In other international news, the U.S. intelligence officials have determined that the Chinese spy balloon, remember that spy balloon last year that flew over? It was connected to a U.S. internet service provider, and that's how it was communicating information back. Now, it's up in the air. <laughs> Uh, which one it was, but funny enough, uh, there's only a few that, that it could be. So that was, that was pretty fascinating. You know, um, anyway, that was, that was interesting to see that. And then in other news about being up in the air, SpaceX uh, launched the first six Starlink satellites. that will provide cellular transmissions for customers of T-Mobile and other carriers. So we're getting close to, to no dead zones, I guess is what the key is there. But speaking of let's move out of RF and let's talk about something interesting in, in a different space, but similar. 
RGB OLEDs could push light-based Li-Fi network speeds to 100 times Wi-Fi's limit, research shows. Now, this is interesting because when Li-Fi uh, first started out, it was like, oh, man, this is kind of weird. You know, they're, 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 uh, they're changing the, you know, they're cycling the lights uh, very rapidly and very quickly to transmit data over the lights, similar to fiber optics, but in free space, right? So it was like, okay. I could see that. But then, you know, the early test shows these lights that you didn't see them blinking, but you could kind of see them blinking. And you're like, man, that's got to be pretty annoying. Well, now, not only, you know, they've gotten past that to where you, you're not able to tell if the lights are even, you know, blinking because they're, they're, they're doing it on different, specific, different visible light frequencies. And so now... Using RGB OLEDs in place of a single color lighting, a key issue with interference and visible light Li-Fi networking has been addressed. So now they're saying that using the full spectrum and using only specific frequencies or specific visible light frequencies in that spectrum, that this is going to make it almost 100 times faster than Wi-Fi. Now, I know what you're thinking, and this is the first thing that I thought, right? It's like, man, but you know what happens to everyone who's using Wi-Fi when the lights are off? And that's kind of one of those questions where it's like, you know, well, how often are you working with the lights off, you know? <laughs> but, yeah, I guess, you know, in the middle of the night, you know, sitting down on your tablet or whatever, or, you know, doing some work. But normally you're in an office, in an office space, and and it is what it is. And if it means that your, you know, your computer has to be able to see the the light or your phone has to be able to see the light in there to get some high-speed connectivity, then that's that's an interesting thing. But Li-Fi, it seems like it's been the next biggest thing for almost 20 years, you know? And this is interesting, 100 times the speed. So we'll see where that goes. Don't know if there's going to demos that at ces but we'll see um in other news firefly green fuels a company based in bristol in the uk has successfully demonstrated the development of an aviation fuel made from human waste I'm not bullshitting you. <laughs> Human waste. Those are the company's claims. Independent tests by regulators in the aviation industry have also found the newly developed fuels identical to that used in jet engines. And that is what's next. Uh, I've covered what's now. I've covered what's new. I've covered what's next. And I've talked way too long about rambling and having fun. But definitely, I think the moral of the story is uh, be aware of what's going on in the atmosphere around you, not just what's going to attack your wireless networks from where you think you know it's coming from. But now with the ad of Li-Fi and that coming into the market, who knows where, you know, who knows what those threats and attacks are going to look like laser beams. I don't know, but I hope that whatever you do, I hope you have a wonderful year. I hope that you had a fantastic holiday spread coming into the new year. We've got CES coming up, NRF coming up again. We're going to be live at CES might come to you live from NRF. We're going to be having a really, really good time there building out a, a fully functional restaurant, in the basement of NRF and showing how wireless works within the restaurant, the retail sector. So that's going to be pretty cool. But I hope you have a wonderful year. I hope that you feel inspired. Maybe not by this show. Maybe you laughed. Maybe you didn't laugh. Maybe I do inspire you. I hope I do. Um, but I hope that you find inspiration in the most uncanny places to help you do your job better. And I hope that even when you're doing your job fantastically, I hope to see you on LinkedIn uh, contributing to people's success and, and watching them move around. So with that being said, that is Waves for the week of the first week in January 2024. I'll be coming at you live next week from CES. Have a wonderful wonderful weekend and we'll talk to you soon see ya thanks for listening to the waves podcast by wireless nerd visit us online at wirelessnerd.net